Isaac Shade here, co-host of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Join Andy Patton and me every Monday as we break down all the buzzer-beating action, conference rivalry games, and need-to-know bubble matchups ahead of the NCAA tournament. Check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Well, there were some SEC news tidbits that dropped today on Wednesday, and they do, in fact, affect LSU. But is it in a good way or a bad way? You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, y'all? Welcome into Locked on LSU. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check us out on YouTube as well. But wherever you watch, however you watch, always appreciate you for being here and always appreciate you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day, whether you are an everydayer. And if you are, then thank you. I appreciate you. Or if it's your first time, Welcome in. Happy to have you here. My name is Caroline Fenton and I am your host. And today's edition of Locked on LSU was brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off of your first purchase. Also, very happy Valentine's Day to all of you. I actually had a cute little Valentine's Day show plan for today. Then I saw some of this news drop and I said, ask, you know, screw the Valentine's plans. We need to talk about this because there were some SEC tidbits that were dropped on, uh, on Tuesday, actually, and it affects LSU. So what is it? Let's get into it. So on Tuesday, the Texas athletic director, Tris, Krista Conti, spoke at an alumni town hall, which to my understanding, everything that I've read up on, I, I'm not familiar with. Texas Longhorn Town Halls. It's basically the athletic department's opportunity to just give like a state of the union of the football program of the athletic department as a whole. So Texas's athletic director spoke at this alumni town hall hall and confirmed that the SEC is in fact working toward a nine game conference schedule. Now, one thing that Crystal Conti clarified was it'll most likely be 2026. Most likely be 2026 if the SEC does, in fact, decide to adopt a nine-game conference schedule. Now, this was a big topic of conversation. Eight-game conference schedule or nine-game conference schedule because right now, you play eight conference games. That's what it's been like for forever, for a very long time. You have eight conference games, four non-conference games. When Texas and Oklahoma joined the SEC and the SEC ultimately decided to get rid of divisions starting the 2024 season, this upcoming season, there was a lot of debate and a lot of conversation about will the SEC stick with eight games or will it follow maybe the model in the Big Ten or the ACC of nine conference games? Now, you might be saying, okay, this has already been a topic of conversation. Why do I care about it now? The new news is that the SEC is at least talking about expanding to nine games, that they're having the conversations of exactly what does that look like within the conference and exactly what does that look like with their broadcasting partners. I do want to get into more of that. So the, the models that were presented 
the eight game versus the nine game. The eight game was that every year you'll have one permanent rivalry and seven rotating rivalries. Now in 2024, you're playing eight conference games, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have one permanent rival because for right now, the only plan in place is, look, this is what we're going to do for 2024 and 2025 and beyond TBD. We're going to figure it out. So it's not necessarily one permanent and seven rotating right now. It's just eight conference games. Some Team, some opponents who you traditionally have played, like for LSU, LSU plays Ole Miss, LSU plays Alabama, LSU plays Texas A&M, LSU plays Florida, some familiar foes. But the change up next year is, well, you play Vanderbilt. You don't normally play Vanderbilt. You play South Carolina. You don't traditionally play South Carolina. And you also, of course, play Oklahoma because per SEC rules, every member school, every SEC member school will play either Texas or Oklahoma. LSU plays Oklahoma. One proposed model of the nine-game conference schedule was every year you play three permanent rivals with six rotating rivals. Um, So you could still adopt that. Now, three plus six, the nine-game conference schedule, three permanent rivals, six rotating. That doesn't necessarily mean that that is absolutely positively going to be the model if the SEC does, in fact, or really when the SEC does, in fact, adopt a nine-game game and conference schedule. That's just what I think is probably the most likely scenario. If the SEC wants to switch to just nine games and you don't, you're not guaranteed to play anyone every single year, like they can do that. If you want to do one plus eight, one permanent rival and eight rotating rivals, you know, you can, you can do that in theory. There's no rules. You can figure out whatever you want to do and whatever is best for the conference. So is this good or bad for LSU? I think it's a little bit of both. Do you want to start with the good or do you want to start with the bad? Let's start with the good. The good thing is you get more guaranteed rivalries if the SEC does, in fact, decide to adopt the three plus six model because you would get three permanent rivalries. Now, I've said before, and I stick with it, I will hold myself to it. If I could pick LSU's three permanent rivalries, I would pick Alabama, Ole Miss in Florida. That's just my personal feeling. That's not going to happen. What I think is probably most likely if LSU does have three permanent rivalries, it would be Alabama, Texas A&M, because let's be honest, like I, I know a lot of LSU fans get really frustrated with, you know, the pairing of LSU and Texas A&M. It's not a forced rivalry anymore. It's a rivalry, and it's a rivalry that I think the SEC wants to maintain, whether or not it's on Thanksgiving weekend, because I think we can probably assume that Texas A&M and Texas will play Thanksgiving weekend every single year moving forward, whether it's eight games, nine games, so on and so forth. The third permanent rivalry, which I'm not crazy about, but hey, whatever it happens, is Oklahoma, because LSU and Oklahoma would be the odd ones out without a permanent rivalry on Thanksgiving weekend. That's also assuming that Texas A&M and Texas play every single uh, play every single rivalry weekend. That would leave LSU and Oklahoma as the odd ones out. Well, do you want to uproot all of the other rivalries to make one that makes more sense, or are you just going to pair the two that don't have a date? I think it would most likely be pairing the two that wouldn't have a date. Am I crazy about those rivalries? No. Do I like that you still play Alabama every year and that's guaranteed? Yes, I do. But it's not just an an LSU thing. I think as an SEC football fan, you could look at it and say, well, great. We're going to get guaranteed 
great games in the SEC that might be secondary or even tertiary rivalries. I'm looking at Florida, Tennessee. I always think that's a really fun game every single year. Heck, Alabama LSU is a secondary rivalry. Not to LSU. That's probably your primary rivalry. And I think it depends on whatever LSU fan you might ask. But to Alabama, that's secondary. And you're not guaranteed that in a one plus seven, one permanent rival uh setup because Alabama's primary rivalry is Auburn. So you maintain that rivalry. You probably get a rivalry like Georgia and Auburn, the South's oldest rivalry. That This model, if it is indeed three plus six, which is the most likely format, I believe, when you adopt a nine-game conference schedule, um, I mean, that's, that's a game that I think would be upheld. And a one plus seven, I don't think that it would because Auburn's permanent rivalry would be Alabama. Georgia's, you could say possibly Florida, possibly Tennessee. Um, so I think that as an LSU fan, you like it because you're guaranteed to get those permanent rivalries. I think it just maintains really good games in the SEC. The SEC is built on tradition uh, first and foremost. It's just actually good games. Now, the bad thing about that is not all peachy. It's not all great. It's not all sunshine and roses. There's a good bit of bad to this as well. As much as I am in favor of an SEC nine-game conference schedule, it also comes with a, a decent bit of negatives. And we will get into that coming up next after just a few words from our sponsors. All right, I want to tell you about game time. So it's the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all of your sporting events, concerts, comedy shows, plays, and musical events near you. And right now, all users get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with code Vegas100. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. My favorite thing about Game Time, because I, truthfully, honestly, it is the first place that I go to look for tickets. First and foremost, I know that I'm going to get the best price available because also, it shows all in pricing. One thing that frustrates me so much to no end is if you're looking at other ticket websites, you look at a seat, you say, okay, you know, I like these tickets. It's a good price. But then you go to check out and it's an extra, you know, $100 with fees and taxes. That's not the case with Game Time. The other thing that I like about Game Time is you get a full 360 degree view of your seat. So let's say, okay, I want these tickets. You're going to Get a view of exactly what your view is going to look like of the stage, of the court, of the field, wherever you might going. You know exactly what you're signing up for and you know exactly what kind of tickets you are buying with game time. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Uh, if you're looking for tickets to a game or to an event, you can use code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off of your first purchase. Again, that's locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Just download the game time app and use that code locked on for $20 off of your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute, minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, rolling along here, Locked On LSU. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, we're part of the Locked On Network. Your team every single day. And speaking of Locked On, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now it's available on Amazon Fire TV and the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every single league. So find Locked On Sports Today now available on the free Fire TV channels app. All right, so Texas Athletic Director Crystal Conti spoke with an alumni town hall and did confirm that the SEC is, in fact, working toward a nine-game conference schedule. What does that look like exactly? I don't know. When will it happen exactly? I don't know. Crystal Conti brings up 2026, which means you would play under the current structure and current schedule this upcoming season 2025 I would guess that you probably do something very similar which again is not unprecedented whenever Texas A&M and Missouri first joined the SEC you had a two-year period where you're kind of figuring it out like when Texas A&M and Missouri joined the SEC in 2012 in 2012 and 2013 you were still playing Arkansas on Thanksgiving weekend I think one year you play Texas A&M in the middle of the year. Another year you play Texas A&M before Arkansas. But either way, this schedule, this this current structure that we know it as it has existed for like the last 10 years, that wasn't a for sure set in stone thing as soon as Texas A&M and Missouri joined the SEC. So sometimes it takes time just to figure things out, to iron things out, because you do plan your schedules so far in advance that you can't just change that overnight. So there's some good things about this as far as LSU is concerned. You get to maintain more of your rivalries. You get to maintain more rivalries in the SEC as a whole. That's just as a more fun fan experience. But it's not all good. It's not all good just for LSU, and it's not all good for the entire SEC. First and foremost, when you add on an SEC game into your SEC schedule, your schedule just got that much harder because the SEC is freaking hard. Like, heads up, FYI, in case you didn't know, It's an incredibly difficult conference. It's a freaking gauntlet to get through. There's not very many gimmies. There's a reason why it is the most competitive and most difficult conference in all of college football. In the Big Ten, you get a lot more gimmies. In the ACC, hell, you get a whole lot more gimmies. Big 12, you get a lot more gimmies. There's not a lot of gimmies, quote-unquote, in the SEC. And even teams that you might view as down or not as good, they're still going to give you or can give you a run for their money on any given Saturday in the SEC. That's what makes this conference so freaking fun, but it's also what makes this conference so freaking difficult to get through. You add another SEC game, what are the odds of that extra SEC game being Texas or Alabama or Georgia or Ole Miss or I'll even add Missouri into the mix? It's a pretty high likelihood that that's going to be a pretty darn good team, and it's a pretty high likelihood that that team is going to have college football playoff hopes just like you do. So your schedule, LSU's, and everyone else's just got that much more difficult. 
Now, the good news for LSU is I think this is a team that's equipped to handle something like that. If this is a program, the way that it's being built, you can still make the college football playoff with the ninth, ninth conference schedule, ninth conference game, rather. Is Arkansas equipped to do that right now? Is Florida equipped to do that right now? Hell, Vanderbilt, my goodness, their, their schedule just got that much more difficult because that program relies on the fourth non-conference schedule to hope and, and to become eligible for a bowl game. So the good news is LSU is a competitive enough program that you add a ninth conference schedule, a ninth conference game on the schedule, rather, and you can probably handle it. You can still win nine to ten games in this current SEC schedule, in this current SEC structure. Ten games, ten, uh, ten SEC wins, excuse me, ten wins in an SEC schedule is going to get you to the college football playoff, more than likely in most years, in an expanded 12-game playoff. The other thing that I don't like about this that you could view as good or bad for LSU, honestly, this probably means if you had a ninth conference schedule, a ninth conference game, my goodness, I can't keep my words straight today. It probably means fewer out of conference power five games being scheduled. And those games are freaking fun. We all enjoy them. Now, it's actually be a good thing for LSU because it seems like LSU is the only team that schedules really hard out-of-conference games every single year. Like, I know myself included and a lot of LSU fans felt some type of way about playing Florida State the last two years. And LSU does it all the time, and sometimes it just drives me crazy. Like, do we have to schedule USC? Like, can't we just schedule, you know, Buckcrack State University like everybody else? Like, do we need to make our jobs that much more difficult? Whether it's Wisconsin or Miami and Dallas or Florida State and New Orleans or Orlando, it's just like, geez, making our lives that much more difficult. Now, the good thing for LSU is now that playing field will be leveled because everyone else is going to have another Power 5 game on their schedule. It's not just you, but that Power 5 game won't come out of conference. If you're playing nine conference games, you're probably not going to schedule those Florida State, USC, UCLA kind of games because your conference schedule is already that much more difficult. You get what I mean? Uh, I, I hate to see that. That's not as fun as a college football fan, that the games like, you know, Georgia Clemson or Georgia Oregon a couple of years ago, I'm trying to think of a couple of others, that uh, Florida, Utah, those games are really, really fun to watch. LSU or not, it's just fun as a college football fan. You're probably not going to see as many of those, but my playing field feels a, a little bit more leveled for LSU now since everybody's scheduling that ninth tough conference game. There is another advantage here for LSU, and that's that a ninth conference game is probably really, really tough for teams like Florida, Kentucky, South Carolina, and to a certain extent, Georgia. What do those teams have in common? Florida, Kentucky, South Carolina, and Georgia all play out-of-conference Power 5 teams on rivalry weekend. Florida plays Florida State, Kentucky plays Louisville, South Carolina plays Clemson, and Georgia plays Georgia Tech. That's why I say to a certain extent Georgia, because like Georgia Tech is any sort of, you know, team that's going to give Georgia a run for its money, at least where it stands right now. LSU doesn't have that. LSU's guaranteed 
rivalry game is in conference. So Florida, Kentucky, South Carolina, and Georgia, in theory, would have nine conference games in addition to an out-of-conference Power 5 game basically guaranteed on their schedule. And I don't think any of those four schools are in the business of canceling that game in order to reschedule another, you know, group of five cupcake kind of game. I think you'd get a whole lot of really upset people and fans from those fan bases if you decide to cancel Florida, Florida State. I mean, you can't do that. I guess you can. You can do whatever you want. Um, you just be taking away tradition. In adding Texas and Texas A&M back, Missouri, Oklahoma, great rivalries, you'd be taking some away. So that is good for LSU. That in terms of, of a competitive schedule and the strength of the schedule or how difficult your schedule is, LSU can decide how difficult their out-of-conference schedule looks, whereas Florida, Kentucky, South Carolina, and Georgia, they'll have those rivalry weekend games. All right, I do have a lot of questions about what this looks like, though. And we'll get into those questions, questions that you might have as well. We'll get into those coming up next. All right, I want to tell you about FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's right, $150 if your bet wins. And all you have to wager is just $5. Plus, you can bet on all of your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. It's one of my favorite things about the FanDuel Sportsbook app is there are so many things to bet on, whether it's parlays or props or just straight-up money lines. FanDuel has plenty of options for you. So just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on and new customers get $150 in bonus bets if with any winning $5 bet. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, rolling along here, Locked on LSU. Thanks for making us your first listen every single day. Um, so Chris DeConte, uh, Texas Athletic Director, announced on Tuesday that the SEC at least has plans to expand to a nine-game conference schedule. Now, nothing is guaranteed, but these conversations are at least happening. and. We know that once conversations start happening, once we start to hear little tidbits get leaked out, that's when the ball really gets rolling. I remember when it was leaked that Texas and Oklahoma might join the SEC. Oh, well, a couple days later, boom, it was official. I do have some questions, though. Some motivating factors about what this would, about what, how we got here and what this would look like. First and foremost, why? Why are you adding a ninth conference game? Now, I'm for it. Because I want more permanent rivalries because I like rivalries. I care about maintaining rivalries that have existed since before I was born. But why? I mean, surely sentiment and rivalry is not the only motivating factor for the SEC. What is the SEC motivated by? What is anyone motivated by? Money. It's money. So if the SEC adds a ninth conference game, does that mean that ESPN is willing and able to cough up more cash to accommodate for that ninth conference game? Because remember, the ESPN 
the ESPN, the SEC and ESPN are now partners. If ESPN is willing to pay for how many would that be? Eight extra SEC games a year. Well, that's valuable real estate. And that is it's valuable games that I don't think the SEC just wants to give ESPN for free. Because remember, ESPN and the SEC's agreement was before Texas and Oklahoma. It was finalized before Texas and Oklahoma joined the SEC. It was finalized when you still had eight conference games. So if I'm Greg Sankey, I'm not giving that to you for free. So if they're having these conversations, that means that ESPN is on board, in theory, I would think, for more money. So if ESPN pays the SEC more money for the TV deal, that means that LSU, along with 15 other SEC schools, get more money as well. So that means, what, more money into NIL? That means more money into facilities, so on and so forth. That more money means that the SEC would be that much more competitive in the conference landscape and all of college sports landscape. Because right now where it stands, the Big Ten has a more lucrative TV deal than the SEC has. And I don't have the numbers up in front of me. It's it, it's not a massive difference, but the Big Ten's deal is more lucrative. Now, that those, those differences matter, uh, especially over time. That if the Big Ten is making, let me just say, $200 million more than the SEC, well, after five years, that's what, a billion dollars? That's a lot of money. And that's a lot of ground that needs to be made up. Would you still want to be competitive amongst other conferences in a college football world in which money has never been more important since we're now living in an NIL era. So does this mean more money for the SEC? That's one question. If it doesn't mean more money, then what's the motivation? Then why are you doing this? You're only making your member schools paths to the college football playoff and their schedules that much more difficult. So yeah, you should be getting compensated for that. The second question I have that we're not going to get an answer to because they're never going to tell you how do the coaches feel about this? Like, how does Brian Kelly feel about adding an, another SEC game to the schedule? I think it's a rude awakening for any coach that goes from another conference to this one. Like, damn, this is hard. These games are hard. These battles are hard every single week. Trying to stay healthy, recruiting, recruiting your own roster. It's freaking difficult in the SEC. And college football coaches' jobs got a lot more difficult when the transfer portal rules changed in 2021, when NIL became legal in 2021. So their jobs just got that much more difficult. And you're going to make it even more difficult this year? Now, I think the coach speak that they're going to tell you what I expect them to say up at the podium when coaches are inevitably asked about this. They're going to say, we came to the SEC because we wanted to compete against the best. Iron sharpens iron. You can't be the best. If you can't beat the best, we we we, we welcome the challenge wholeheartedly, yada, yada, yada. And I do think to a certain extent that that's the truth. But I do think to a certain extent Brian Kelly came to LSU because he wanted to be challenged. Because he knew that what you can get at LSU, that doesn't exist at Notre Dame. That doesn't exist at very many other programs. But I do think behind closed doors, their feelings might be a little bit different. Behind closed doors, SEC coaches might be thinking, you've got to be freaking kidding me. Like, not only do we play in the most competitive conference, but now we don't get that fourth potential cupcake game. Like, that's 
that's that's tough. That's a toughie. Um, you don't want your job getting harder, right? Like we can look at it from a football point of view, a, you know, the football guy of we want to be challenged every week. But do you want your job to be harder? I don't want my job to be harder. Eh, it's nice if you get compensated for it. Um, so that's those are my questions. We're still a long way out. We still have a lot of information that I'm sure the SEC and athletic directors and chancellors and presidents are still ironing out. I'm sure a lot of questions that we have, that I have, that you have, those ADs and coaches and boosters, whoever it might be, they probably have very similar questions. But I would expect more information to come out about this, maybe a more clear timeline. Crystal Conti, the Texas athletic director, mentioned 2026. Not guaranteed to be 26. If it's not 2026, what are some details that still need to be ironed out that might push that a little bit further? Or could it be as soon as 2025? A couple of things that throw hitches in that scheduling issues. Uh, teams that already have non-conference games scheduled for 2026 and beyond. LSU is one of those schools. LSU is projected to play Clemson in 2026. Are you going to cancel that game? If so, what does that look like? What does that breach of contract look like? How much money are you going to have to cough up to cancel that game? Are you going to go ahead and commit yourself to Clemson in addition to nine conference games? A whole lot of questions that pertain to the SEC and to LSU. Overall, I do think that this is a good thing. Overall, I think this is an exciting thing as fans to be able to watch these competitive games and these rivalry games. But whew, your path to the CFP got that much more difficult, even in an expanded 12-game playoff. It's going to be hard to get there. Could nine wins do it? Perhaps. And we'll see. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on tomorrow's edition, of Locked On at LSU, there was a move that LSU made in the offseason that I am guilty of overlooking. I think maybe some fans would be guilty of overlooking, and I don't think that this is a move that should be overlooked. I think it's actually really valuable that LSU made this move in the offseason. Happy Valentine's Day. We'll get into that on tomorrow's edition of Locked On LSU.